What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Live Free Podcast. It's a very special one. We have producer Lex back in the womb chair. What's up? Dude, it's so nice to have you sitting there again. You have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea how important you are. Dude, uh, I miss sitting in this spot. I feel like I'm back in my Yeah, home. you feel home? Yeah, yeah. that's good. It feels very homely here. I agree. I, um, I have been fucking up the audio very, very <laughs> professionally fucking it up for the last few episodes you haven't been around so it's really nice to have you there yeah you know, manning this ship i'm just kind of like run it's like me trying to like steer a yacht by running around the bow and you know running around circles around the whole fucking thing yeah. around all the different whatever you, the you need of the some sides of the boat or you're trying to like adjust the sail by pushing it instead of turning the wheel oh no just by like running circles around it and hoping hoping that does something you know <laughs> what i mean like doing front rolls and be like change direction yeah you know that shit don't work that way no yeah so it's very nice to have you back um it's probably been about a month since the last show probably a little over the, a month um we got uh, my buddy Defer. I call him Defer. This mm. will be here's another like uh, like graffiti name pronunciation okay. thing, or you know like the typical fucking artist thing. Yeah. Uh, but other people call him Defer. So like in the graffiti world, like adding the er mm-hmm. to things was always like a a thing. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. Um, so I think it's that, but I like the idea of Defer. Like I'm deferring payment on yeah. you. Like I like the idea of like. Like uh, like a distraction. Like yeah. you think it's going this way, but I'm gonna go that way. But I don't know. We'll we'll talk to him about his name. So his it's real name. his it's, his real name is Alex. No, but it's like D E F E R. D E F E R. Actual defer. Yeah. Well, see, I just pronounced it the way you did. See, right? But that's, that's the way I always say. Like instead of defer. But there's no rules in um, graffiti uh, vocabulary, right? I think if you put there's the artsy no... thing to it, it'd be defer. All right, well, we'll find out. Yeah. Why don't we just jump right into this thing and give him a call? Nice. Here we go. What's up, What's up dude? Hey. Back on. Yeah. This, is, yeah, this is my first time doing podcasts, Skype, and all that, you know? You have no idea how many Skype cherries I've popped. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> <here's one of> <laughs> I got a bunch. I got a mean list. All kinds oh, of okay. badass okay. artists got their first Skype calls. <laughs> yeah, well, this is my first, man. Good, good. We'll get creepy right away. <laughs> All right. So right out the gate, it's kind of funny. So you and I, we just recently met um, this last year. We met at uh, the Metamoris event. We did some stuff together. But so I've actually had conversations with people who we're both friends with uh, about uh, your uh, artist graffiti name. Um, I refer to you as defer because I like the idea of like deferring payment away from like some <laughs> other fucking asshole. Like I imagine yeah. like a, a bunch of bankers sitting there waiting for like a pile of money and you're like, yeah. no, I'm going to defer payment this way. Or of course there's the option of defer, which is like your deaf, like, like eighties hip hop kind of like lingo added with the ER. Like I'm, I'm more deaf than you. Which is yeah, which yeah. is funny. I like that idea as well. So from the man, can I? What's the actual pronunciation? It actually is deafer, the '80s lingo. I'm deafer than you, but yeah. it didn't really mean deafer than you because you know I was a little kid when I got the name, so <laughs> it was basically like the yo fresh deaf <laughs> '80s type stuff. And yeah, that's sure. how like I just it just stuck. And then some people 
uh, would just be like, hey, deaf, deaf, you know, and then I added ER because it made, you know, a lot of people were adding ER on their names in the 80s, but it actually um, made it more, um, like it was funner to do graffiti with a longer name, so uh -huh. I love the ER, and R's are just great. And the it, text, you know. Does it come down to like symmetry too? Like adding more to the words that you already have, like some of the letters in there too. Yeah, yeah. It is, symmetry is better too with with D E F E R and and yeah. I actually aesthetically it looked better also. So let's jump back to you know uh, you grew up. You grew up in Los Angeles. Yes, I did. Yeah. Los Angeles, Boyle Heights, to be exact. And I, I pretty much bounced around all over the city, so I can't really claim one town. Where are your folks I've, from there, I've from California, too? Yeah, my folks are uh, originally from Boyle Heights, Japanese-Americans from Boyle Heights. Yeah. So a couple generations deep? Yeah, generations deep. <laughs> so they've probably seen a lot of like crazy changes, you know, just in a series of a couple generations. It looks like you videos glitching out are we good yeah now i hear you fine you could turn that video oh. off if it if it makes it better as soon as i turned mine off you came back on so maybe it's mine maybe it's my shitty okay. ass fucking oh. skype <clears throat> <laughs> yeah so how do i turn the video thing off just hit the the uh camera icon okay and then it just turns into yeah. okay so you can hear me now right yeah, that's fine. It just some for some reason the video just kind of it makes yeah. it choppy sometimes, but that's no big deal. Okay. Let's see. Let me see if I turn mine back on. If it uh, if it stays choppy or not, we'll see. Because I'm even if maybe like my video showing through your device even slows it down probably. But um, so so you grew up. Uh, what was the area like when you were a kid? Um, the area was. It, the area in Boyle Heights was 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 a, uh, it was pretty rough when I was a kid. Yeah, because that's what I was saying when the when it glitched out uh, that like your your folks probably seen a pretty like strange change in the neighborhood through however long they'd been there through the eighties, right? Yes, yes, yes. They said they've seen major changes. Yeah, major changes in that area for sure. Did did that place influence the? the work that you ended up making did you did you see you know uh a creative outlet or pass you know being well actually that's where i started my art in boyle heights but i actually moved actually when i was in high school i moved to this other city called monterey park which is maybe five miles east of there uh -huh. and there was like no artistic influence down there <laughs> But um, Boyle Heights did have, like, uh, artistic influence because there was a lot of, like, graffiti on the walls. There was, I mean, it was, like, more like gang graffiti. Yeah. But then, you know, and then this was the in the early ages of L.A., LA um, I guess, graffiti. So we were kind of pioneers in terms of uh, the first guys doing murals and stuff in L.A. Yeah, and then how prior to us, yeah. It's, it's been Go a ahead. crazy explosion, right? But, yeah, I, I'm interested to hear that history. Yeah, well, actually, I did my first piece off the freeway, off the fire freeway, and I had no idea what I was doing. I basically saw that movie Style Wars, and that was 1983, <laughs> and I basically, we watched it for the breakdancing because everybody was breakdancing at the time, but then I was like, you know, I, I drew as a little kid, so I was actually drawn to the artwork that they showed on there, and on the West Coast, 
I myself didn't know anything about the East Coast graffiti movement or anything until that time. But you were and, still exposed um, to like the like Latino gang graffiti before yeah, that. Yeah, that was yeah before that. Yeah, yeah, before that. But that was it was a different aesthetic, you know. No, it's weird, and it, right? And but, it, it, yeah, you you noticed a, a distinct difference between what you were seeing from like the New York subway style stuff. In, like you could tell, even without being in the environment, you could tell that there was a different uh, sort of nature to it. Yeah, and then you know, with the, with the with the other with the graffiti in LA, there was more of a danger to it, so it was more taboo. You didn't like, uh-huh. you didn't, you were, oh, I'm just gonna do this, go out one night and write this. You know, I think East Coast graffiti, New York graffiti, was more inviting. Anybody could, you know, play take part in it. You know, you could do it on an individual basis, but in LA, it's more based on groups and and a, and, and a deeper subculture in terms of you know neighborhoods and rivalry. Yeah. Like a, that, it ends so. up being like signage for territorial exactly yes right? yeah it serves a different purpose where as in you know like all city graffiti you want to get your name everywhere you actually want to break the boundaries of the neighborhood but and at the same time yourself. i mm-hmm. i know like so uh in san diego like uh during the 80s, I my best friend grew up in an area um, called Skyline, like Lamita Village area, um, which was probably one of the more like densely populated gang neighborhoods, you know, like the south area of San Diego. And I remember seeing all that stuff, like just a whole like somebody's fence, like their the outside fence of their yard would just be filled with script. And even though I knew that that was what, you know, like gang territorial, like it, it gave me a sense of danger. I also at a young age, like respected and saw beauty in the actual like uh, application, not not the medium, but the application of the medium. You know what I mean? Like I realized knowing about cal- calligraphy at an early age, I realized how talented uh, and what skill it took to actually apply something like that minus all the negative aspects of it and i somehow got a really early appreciation for that stuff do you did you find the same thing yeah actually when i was a kid i mean i i didn't i mean actually some of the stuff wasn't too artistic but then as i started hitting my teen years i started seeing like when i started trying to emulate it maybe like you know at school i'd try to like copy some of that stuff and Sure. And it was actually um, a lot more difficult than than I thought. And then I started realizing, like, like realizing that, that hey, this is, there's an aesthetic to it, there's a technique to it, and it is um, it is artistic. The style is artistic, you yeah. know. And um, that's where I kind of was enlightened. Like, wow, this is a whole different thing. It's yeah. not just you know um, meaningless or anything. It actually has um, meaning, and there is actually you need to have some skills to do it. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I know for me as a young man growing up in Southern California, going through Los Angeles in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, getting around all those bridges when everything started to get bombed up, like going through the like through the 10 and like up the 101, like it was always something I knew it was going to be visually interesting. At all times, and like you said, you you just jumped out there. You didn't really know what you were doing. What were some of your, what were some of your first experiences like out, like going out and like bombing on the freeway? Oh, it was crazy because I actually, <laughs> you know, 
obviously everybody like thinks why well, you and you got to go in the cover of the night right so uh-huh. but where i was at there was a lot of bush coverage and stuff like that so i actually went during the day and i went by myself and i had no idea what i was doing i just saw did what i saw on style wars was like okay you do but actually you know what i take that back i actually did it the opposite way i i did the outline first and then i filled it in like a coloring book <laughs> and yeah that, i actually didn't do it the way they were doing it on star wars but then that's how i did it so i actually did the outline first and then it was just like you know the paint was sucking into the wall because it wasn't buffed or anything and it was very porous and then it, it was just like you know i did this piece and then but it was crazy because you know when i'm on that on that ledge i guess like you know it's like a homeless encampment so there's like a whole bunch of uh dirty magazines like just spoon trash and then the worst (laughs) smell in the world and i was like what is that smell and you know i never saw a dead dog or anything but i went around like one of the bushes and there was a dead dog and it was like just totally being um um eaten by maggots Uh, and it was just like oh you could see its skull and it was just like you know as a kid it was traumatic seeing that you know yeah (laughs) and i was just like you just see all this bad stuff in one moment you know and um yeah that was my first graffiti experience and then back then you didn't tell people oh yeah you know i'm so-and-so it was everything was incognito yeah you know (laughs) you didn't post about it on instagram (laughs) yeah yeah there was no such thing as instagram back then Yeah, but it was actually opposite of what it is now. It's actually you wanted to keep your you you wanted to be anonymous, you know, because yeah. everything was there was no legal walls or or permission walls. You know, nobody in their right mind would give you permission to do graffiti back then. You know, yeah. and plus our styles were so weren't evolved, so it wasn't really it was very uh, basic. You know, yeah, well, it was all brand new shit. And you know what's interesting about that? I think is that, and I wonder for younger generations and different groups of people like having those type of sort of like stand by me adventures you know like the fact that you did it by yourself is ballsy you know for a young man to do in and of itself but all the other things that come along with it like going to places that you're not familiar with like running into dead animals like it's a total like uh like coming of age sort of thing for yeah like some young man and i don't know what like particular people in urban environments you know like what you know like i know i used to go like run in creeks but i lived in areas where i could like go climb a mountain or shit you know like i'm curious if there's other paths for people to like have these types of adventures in other ways i I don't i can't think of any offhand you know like kids maybe like skateboarders seem to have that sort of thing where they can go have an adventure people who ride bikes like bmxers and shit yeah, and the funny thing about that, that you bring that up, now that you bring that up, it was kind of hybrid back in the day because we all rode BMX, we all rode, we skated, you know, we all break danced. So it was kind of like a hybrid of things. Like I jump on my, my BMX bike, you know what I mean? And it, it was, you know, like, like you know, we'd have all these parts and stuff. We, you know, <laughs> T-grips and then, you know, uh, Oakley handle, you know what I mean? Handles, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. uh torquers and all you know what whatnot i mean i remember back in the day yeah we'd have these uh little bikes but then i'd bring my spray paint you know if i'd go skating i'd have my 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 um paint with us that's why in la it was kind of like a, a a mixture of everything people were like you know you had people that skated and 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 but they but they they bombed you know yeah they tagged 
And um, yeah, it was a total adventure. I mean, every day was an adventure. You know, we'd jump on the RTD bus and we'd try to go all city, you know. And when we, you know, nowadays everything is in front of your face. You got Instagram, you got all the social media outlets where you can go global online. Yeah. You don't have to leave your house to see style. But back in the day, to go see a piece, we would have to like get these verbal um, directions. Yeah, you take you you go down this block and then you take a right, you jump over two walls. Again, that adventure you know? thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was like a treasure hunt sometimes, you know. And then sometimes we used to just look for pieces. Like we heard, yeah, so and so did a piece around this area, and then we'd go look for it, you know, because uh -huh. there was no GPS or anything. <laughs> And meanwhile, you can get up while you're out doing those things where you're just out looking for something at the same time, too. Yeah. I mean, we try to, like, I mean, it was crazy because I think in L.A., we, we, we try to, you know, we try to do everything the way, like, I guess there was no rules. But, you know, if we watched Star Wars, yeah, you got to rack all your paint. You know, it wasn't like... <laughs> Yeah, you weren't cool if you told your mom to go buy you spray paint or something, you know. Yeah. But and there wasn't any low pressure um, paint back in the day either. Yeah, exactly. So, so like, you know, like yeah, you got to go rack your paint, you know. And it was just like part of the. We had to like adhere to every part of the culture or subculture, I should say. So at the same time, are you finding yourself interested in producing um, like other works of art? So here's something I've. I've I've always like reminded people who are like the type of people who are like, Oh, that art mural is nice, but I don't like the tags or, you know, like people that like make like the common like denominator, like stance against graffiti. Uh, I'd always remind people like how much work people who actually go out and do graffiti will do like behind the scenes, like the amount of like drawing and uh, you know, working on like watercolors or, you know, using your pens and making like full color pieces and and eventually like painting were you starting to do those things behind the scenes already um in this sort of time period of, of your you know learning process yeah actually you know there was a lot of drawing involved you know we we go to this uh, place called the radiotron and they opened it up it used to be a club but then they actually converted into like a um youth youth center and they used to have break dancing, and we were like the resident graffiti artists. So we'd uh -huh. sit there and draw. We'd draw for hours. And and one thing about when you're when you're in the first wave in this, you know, this 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 Los Angeles revolution of of, of graffiti art, it was kind of like very versatile because every every week you went out there and someone was doing something new, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, so and so did like this lion, you know what I mean? And so and so did this crazy style, you know, so and so did like an old English inverted block, you know? <laughs> so, you know, it was all like, you know, now everything's so saturated, but back then everything like you, you went to the yards and you went to spots and, 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 and when someone did something new, it was like, I think that's what people were trying to do. We're trying to evolve, you know? Yeah. Well, again, you yourself have been able to witness a, a pretty strange evolution. I'm sure over the time, like the way, like this massive explosion of like, huge mural festival popularity like i it seems to me and of course i mean you could like timeline any sort of history that you want but it seems a lot of this has come directly out of los angeles itself yeah actually i i would i would uh think think a lot of it was born here because like i said there there was a mural movement like the streetscapers 
before graffiti was actually out here and right. um and there was a whole chicano art movement you know kind of like they have in san diego you know well exactly what they have in san diego you know they have right. the whole political socio-political murals mm -hmm. and right. they had that going on in la too and and i was conscious of it when i was a kid too because i'd see it and you know you'd see these uh um political murals and like who is this guy and then you find <laughs> out oh this is so-and-so you know he's this and that was a way of political expression you know back back in the day so i was i was conscious of that also and now it's kind of crazy because like you know before graffiti artists were just graffiti artists muralists were just muralists you know but now it's all like you know crisscrossed you know yeah. you can do murals and then so you let can me, do galleries you know let me ask you this I, <clears throat> i've heard I don't share this opinion, but I've heard it from other people uh, talk about, you know, the watering down of what can sometimes be a very like strong political, socio-economic sort of statement um, to a large group of people, to where we've sort of boiled it down to sometimes just pretty pictures. What? Do you, do you see that happening? I mean, I, I see the argument. I, I don't necessarily think that it's always true. But, um, you know, like with what you said, like seeing these sort of political murals that seem to have, they always, even if they, I've noticed something about the, I always recognize like a heart to it, even if the actual work isn't very technically good. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because it's, it's I guess for, for, certain people that are producing that those those kinds of works there's a certain kind of uh you know uh belief that's behind it you know yeah. ethos that's that's driving them to do this these uh types of work and it's a, it's more than just uh uh carrying out technically of the art it's 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 there's something behind it in terms of their beliefs you know and um but you know what? I know that as a straight white male that all those murals are pretty much against me. So what I do is I just get big buckets of white paint and I splash all of them. But don't tell anybody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but no, yeah. so it well, I don't know. That's that's what I mean. I mean, that's that's I mean, I mean, I don't see too much of those murals anymore though. Yeah. I mean, because a lot of the walls aren't like um I guess, you know, the times are changing too. You know, I think people are changing what people were fighting for in the sixties and seventies, you know, are a little different now, right? As prevalent as they were. I mean, still imbalances, but but it's surely not like it used to be back then. You know, there there has been uh you know, many uh steps forward. Yeah. And um I think the times are just different, you know. And politic polit Oh, we lost you again. It was just more turbulent times that those murals were born out of, you know. Can yeah. Hello. Yeah. It just it just glitched for a second. You're you're back. Okay. Cool. I turned my video off so that maybe it'll help a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and I make the argument sometimes that even the most uh, like fantastical murals, like things that are like, you know big-eyed girl murals or like things that are non-real-life um, objects of some sort or like um, creatures or whatever like a lot of times that yeah. is a direct psychological effect of all these like traumas that maybe these um, political types are more attacking a very um, structured system whereas sometimes these artists who are making things that are these fantastical mural projects that where it kind of takes people out of their real life 
is sort yeah. of addressing those things maybe uh inadvertently but the idea that we even have to like sort of get out of real life to go into a fantasy to sort of calm ourselves down in some way has some kind of connection to a sort of socio uh you know important idea sometimes maybe you know to give them the the flip side of the coin yeah that's true that and that's the beauty of art because it's like a mixed bag you know you have so many different you know you have escapism you have in your face politics you have you know somebody that that could just be just doing his name you know it could be as simple as a name you know you have so many variations and uh um things out there nowadays and you know that's that's the one thing about art you know everything is uh you know, art is a product of everything we read, everything we intake, our whole being, you know, basically our subconscious as well as our conscious, you know. And um, I think uh, that's the great thing about art. Like you could see, you know, you can go out there nowadays on the streets and you could see things that will take you to different places, things you like, you dislike, you're indifferent to. And um, it's great, man. Yeah. I mean, and everyone can sort of find where they fit into all that stuff. You exactly. Know, there's, there's always something that that people could find that is like suits their personality. But and then at the same time, I like people to get challenged too. Like maybe they're not used to uh, like political messages being like shoved in their face. Like just the willingness to look the other way on on some subjects or topics or something. I just some uh, I there was somebody on my Facebook. In fact, what you were saying about like everything is part of the art. I always use that as an excuse for like being on social media too long. Be like, this is part of the art, man. Like I got to know what's going on out there. I got to know what's happening in the world. Like I, I'll just be on here 15 more minutes or whatever. So I, I try to fucking give myself some outs that way. Um, so, so you and I, I, at the beginning, I mentioned you and I met sort of via the jujitsu world. Funny enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when when did you start training jujitsu? Well, I mean, I, I as a kid I trained judo and yeah, um, right. I wrestled I wrestled also, but then um I hadn't like I said, I haven't trained jujitsu too long, maybe about three years now. How long did you do the judo for? Um maybe four to five years as a kid. Nice. As a yeah, so and then maybe like four three years of wrestling. Right. Remind me to always. Wrestling. We gotta always start our rolls when we roll sit like down on one knee. Okay, all right. I don't want to get any of those judo tosses, man. <laughs> all right. That shit is good though. It's nice to see Ronda Rousey fucking people up with the judo technique. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I you know, I see her how she's using a lot of the uh, judo techniques. You know, she's a bad motherfucker. And, um, yeah, and I, I, I like judo, too, because, like, now I have appreciation for it. When I was a kid, I didn't have an appreciation for it. I wanted yeah, to be like hard. all other kids. You want to go play with your friends. You don't want to go to, like, a judo class, you know. And, and, and you know, <laughs> then, I mean, you know, like, I'd be walking out of my house with a gi, and people would be like, oh, there's a karate kid. And, you know, you hear <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, like, it'd be kind of a bit, you know, because, you know, kids are harsh. You know, yeah. they they laugh at what you wear and, you know, whatnot, you know, especially at that age. So I still get a right. little self-conscious when I go to jiu-jitsu class because I always put my gi pants on first. But sometimes I'll, like, stop at Starbucks and get, like, a little espresso or something. And, like, yeah. but I think they're comfortable. But then I realize, oh, you're in, like, blue pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in public. I know. I, 
I, I kind of like, I kind of like saw that a few times where people were looking at me and I had realized I had like my jujitsu pants and they're like super high water. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, they're like, you know, you, you, you wash them and, and like, they just, they're just like high waters. And I'm like, wow, I look like a farmer or something, you know? And, so I've been finding more and more creative types getting involved in jujitsu. So I'm curious, obviously the judo gives you a, a pretty good in, but as a kid, did did you get? I would assume that your parents probably enrolled you to get some discipline, to you know work, get some exercise out. Did did you find those things actually played a part in your life as a youngster, or did you just sort of rebel against it? No, actually, actually, I I did rebel. I was a very rebellious teenager, very very rebellious. But um, a lot of the work ethic and stuff um, actually stuck with me in terms of um, like like you know, some of the lessons that I learned through judo and, and some of the disciplinary arts I, that I, you know, part, partake in. But, um, yes, I mean, it definitely um, played a part in who I am today. And, and um, like, yeah, I, I, I love jiu-jitsu to this day, too. <laughs> judo also, you know. How did, how did you make the transition? What uh, what um, you got actually, you... Actually, what happened was I've always wanted to take jujitsu, but the first time I walked into a jujitsu place was a Hicks and Gracie's uh, old spot on Wilshire. Nice. And they had like a two-way mirror and there was like nobody in there. And I looked at the the price list and I think it was for privates, but it said like $75 to 100 per lesson. And right when I saw that, I was like, wow, that's too much. And I walked out. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, uh, you know, it's just too much money. But I think I think I just read that. Now that, I, looking, now that I'm looking back, I'm probably thinking, that was probably for privates, you know. Yeah. So I probably could have um, been really good if I would have started then. <laughs> <laughs> With the fuck of man, Hicks and Gracie, too. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that would have been some early, I mean, that would have been like 2001, maybe, 2002. Yeah. So, wow, I would have had a, you know, a good decade in or something. But um, actually, my friends, I had a couple friends that they had this uh, thing called, it's kind of like, like a fun thing. They had started Ghetto Dojo. And um, that's by uh, my friend Uli and Rio. They started it. And um, it's just kind of like a backyard thing. And um, they invited me to go and we'd hit the mat. We hit the the the, the mitts, you know, boxing and then uh-huh. a little bit of kicking. And then we do some jujitsu. And I wanted to learn jujitsu. So I started, I actually started there. And then um, I went to a few times to the Gracie Academy. And then I lived in the Valley. So I actually found a place down the street from where I lived, um, which was Hamilo Baral's uh, Gracie Baja. Oh, yeah. You know, that's where I got my blue belt. And a uh, great place, you know, real uh, brutal <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. training. Great, great training, though. You know, it's Lots just, of killers. Uh, yeah, lots of killers out of that camp there. Yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, that's where I got my blue belt. And, um, yeah. Nice. You so, going to work so, to get that purple belt? What? How, how long do you think before you can get your purple I don't know, man. I got to get this year. I vowed to train, train a lot more. And, um, you know, um, yeah, I'm going to have, I'm going to have a good jujitsu year this year. <laughs> yeah, I don't, nice. I kind of don't look at the belts. I mean, in terms of, um, you know, when and how I just want to yeah. keep training and get better. Cause I'd rather be a lower belt and be a good lower belt than a higher belt. I hear you. <laughs> Getting an extra belt is fucking pressure, man. It's fucking stress. Yeah. So I, um, 
it's New Year's, right? Happy New Year. Yeah. First, New Year. Uh, what's it, the second today? Yeah. Uh, I actually had my first session, jujitsu session of the New Year in today. Um, it's funny. I, I recently, uh, I was thinking about resolutions, right? And uh, yeah. I was like, oh, I should go look. I feel like I wrote some shit down last year. So I went through and rummaged through some different sketchbooks and some like notebooks that I have. And I found uh, the resolutions that I made for oh, last year. And I started going through and looking at them. It was like, like mostly like a to-do list, right? Like shit that isn't yeah. like the, like some minor stuff, some like heavy stuff. I got through like probably like maybe 10 out of the 15 things. And the one was to get my purple belt by the end of 2014. And I just mm. squeaked it in by like 14 days. So yeah, it's crazy excited. because if you write things down, you know, it, it, it pretty much is, is like a, uh, it solidifies it in your mind, you know? It's so strange, even if you forget it. Because literally I wrote the list and had no recollection of what exactly was on the list, right? Like even now I yeah. don't really remember exactly everything that was on the list. But somehow I got through those things once I looked back at the end of the year. So I started making another list. Have you guys made any resolutions? Any things you want to do? I mean, you said you want to train a little better this year. I have to. I have to write mine still. Like really bad. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta. I should write it down since I'm talking about. Let's that, come but... up. Let's. Why don't you guys each come up with one right now that will be like cemented in to well, the the podcast history forever. So you'll have to do it. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Think of one. I'll think of. Let's see. I'll think of one too. Um. Well, I have. To, well, one is uh, I have to write more music this year. Write more music? That's good. I just That's started good. pretty much just wrote one last year, and that was like a goal of my last year's. And so I already – I barely did it like I think in November. And so I don't know how many how many songs I should write, but just more than one this year. All right. That's good. I like it. All right. What about you? Um, I definitely want to train more this year. And, and as far as art, man, I, I, I push hard all the time. So. I know. You're a fucking worker, man. You're cranking yeah, all I don't the time. Want to, yeah, I just want to work harder than I was work ever worked before. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, mine is. I mean, yeah, is that what it's sure is going to be? Work harder. You should have. I want something more specific. More specific. Here, so here um, I wrote a um, short pl- a okay. short film this year, and I'm going to shoot it. Even if it's goddamn terrible, I'm going to shoot it. Nice. Oh, okay. So that's mine wow. for the year. Um. Yeah, you know what? Let me piggyback that because I worked. I did a little bit of video stuff, and and I'm gonna film something also. All right, nice. Not so, a not a movie, but I'm gonna do a video this year. Nice, I of like artwork it. or something, something, something along those lines. So you, like you said, you you're a fucking goddamn worker bee. Um, I I you're constantly cranking out new work. Um, you know something funny that maybe we should describe your work a little bit for for people who maybe don't know you. Um, and then, of course, we'll send people to your website and stuff and uh, post some stuff on the uh, the podcast, Facebook and shit. But um, I th- something interesting I, I, I like about your work is the fact that I can be and it sort of falls back to what I was talking about, like the fence graffiti and shit. Uh, like I can look at it and have an see it for an aesthetic value without yeah. knowing um, what's being said. So you use a lot of um, script uh, uh, 
different letter forms. You 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 work some figurative stuff into there. You do some collaborations with some people. You you do like little minor like objects in your work, but for the most part, it's it's uh, letter ba- letter forms and letter based work. You think is is that accurate? Is that fair? Yeah, you know what I I mean I've I've I, I do 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 a lot of letter work, especially like online because I have a following that they they right. like my lettering and stuff. So I do it. I mostly do it for you know people that you know. Um, that 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 watch my stuff online or whatever yeah. view my stuff online, but um, actually my a lot of the work I've been doing is uh, abstract actually because it's basically um, it's actually obliterating the letter form, you know. So it becomes to me it's a spiritual language it's like speaking in tongues. It's like if you you know if you listen to it, you don't know what it's you know what people are saying when they're speaking in tongues. It sounds like maybe gibberish or something you know but but actually you know my my form of obliterating letter form is is kind of like maybe i might start with the letter but then it actually breaks out of the letter form so it you know all letters are a form yeah but it's actually more of a it becomes gestural abstract where it's, it's funny. a moving picture in my notes i wrote down abstract movements found in letter form yeah exactly so and I think that's something that I saw in the work that I find interesting too. And I think sort of what I'm saying about like it's obvious that there at some point was a letter form. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh yeah. it looks to to me and that that was sort of something that I wanted to bring up to you about like how like I could look at your work and let's say you did write out a bunch of sentences or words or names or whatever. Like it, yeah. knowing those things hasn't been important for me to appreciate the work. But that's what I was curious about. If at some point do you just start to move into those abstract movements, whereas like you just get used to, and that's something people who don't do graffiti aren't used mm-hmm. in, in. Maybe who do art but don't do, or maybe big things like the actual movement of your body to create a shape is a lot different than somebody who's working like elbow to wrist on a canvas in a in a like confined studio you know, at an easel, you know, it's, it's a very different type of movement. So I'm curious how, you know, you're basically answering that the movement ends up becoming like part of the art itself, like just the basic hand structure movements that take place. Like, like for spray paint to work properly, you have to take certain angles and certain cuts on things. Yeah, definitely. And that's something I find good graffiti writers or, you know, People who are just using the spray paint medium in general, they learn how to yeah. make objects that fit the technique of the medium. And when those two things combine, you find that things really come together and, and the work really stands out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the one thing, though. I mean, I, I think uh, a lot of the work I'm doing, some of it, is graffiti influence, but I think graffiti is graffiti on the streets, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, if it like, comes down to, like, just letter form in general. If we're talking about the art of it in and of itself, not the actual act, like what the act means. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. It gets it, it, then, The line gets blurred, though, you're right. Like, being specific about terminology sometimes can get weird. Yeah, yeah, and then graffiti is such a general term these days, you know, yeah. in terms, you know, it blankets a lot of things, so. Right. 
or like whatever they call it, street art, or you know, the, you know, these categories they categorize people in, or this Every- guy's a letter guy, or whatever. So, yeah. um, you know, but but you know, one one of my aims is to be versatile, also, where you might see an abstract, you might see some lettering, you know, uh-huh. because because now it's like you know, like a lot of traditional artists or the traditional art thing is like, okay, you have to do something that is connected to you and you have to do it over and over and over and repeat it over and over and over you know like one style and you know what i mean where yeah. oh that that's a deffer piece but you know or whatever or that's what my you know maxwell piece you know so do you ever get worried about spelling like there's no spell huh? check spelling? yeah spelling you know <laughs> if you're writing a bunch of stuff out <laughs> I, I just realized i um i just sold a painting recently and i looked at i i always sign i put the title and sign on the back uh, with yeah. Sharpie, and I realized oh. that I spelled the title wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing: that sometimes when I'm writing the title on the back of a piece, my thought yeah. process is in letter form, not necessarily necessarily letter order. So a lot mm-hmm. of times I'll get weird and dyslexic because I'm thinking about the way I'm going to curly cue the like part of the F that comes off the bottom, or like I'm thinking about how this letter is going to connect into the next letter. Or, you know, those sorts of things. Because it's like, I'll do like a fancy cursive or something, right? So like where I'm actually thinking about the letter form, I'm not just writing it down. You know, I'm like trying to make it look kind of fancy and nice. So it's really easy for me to like leave an E out on something, you know? (laughs) Do you ever find that problem? Yeah, I misspell so many things. (laughs) Like I, yeah, that's why I'm glad like a lot of my lettering isn't like legible. (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> only i know i'm like wow i spelled that wrong you know and then like some people correct me like oh you you spelled this wrong or you forgot to add this or you did the same <laughs> um letter twice you know yeah that's a big one too <laughs> or like doubling up on a letter where the word is supposed to like double up on the t but you double up on the s for some reason <laughs> yeah or sometimes i'm doing a quote and i i i write the same word two times yeah and that's like all the, just thinking the, about letter form you know that happens yeah all the fucking so time. i mean a lot of people correct me um when i do do those kind of things and i do it i do them often <laughs> so that's probably why i'm do abstract now so you can't i don't have to deal with it yeah right and i mean and again like what i was saying was that you know those the even like your abstract forms have enough similarity to your non-abstract forms that the viewer can get the aesthetic pleasure from the nature of the shapes as opposed to uh what all the letters added up together equal you know yeah yeah exactly but I'm Definitely. sure you want to do both. I'm sure there's some sort of power for you as well, like uh, being able to. Uh, like, do you ever express yourself like emotionally? Like, do you ever like write poetry or do anything like maybe that would be unexpected? Yeah, actually, I do. I, I do do some lightweight writing here and there, you know, and um, not as much as I want to. Maybe that's another resolution. I should start putting in some of my. Um, yeah, you got two already. My Shit. writings out there. We're holding. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. I'm gonna do more writing this year. You know. Yeah, good. Um, yeah, because I actually um, deviled in that a little bit, and, and I, I'd like to do more, you know? Yeah. And eventually, one day, put out a like a book, maybe, you know? Maybe yeah, I'll start that this year. That'll be three. <laughs> um, I did a piece a few years back where it, I called it um, analog, but it was it's like analog. <laughs> 
yeah. I hand painted uh, probably about like four months worth of tweets. So I just yeah. wrote line for line, just all the tweets that I either like wrote myself, retweeted, and I like I even wrote in all the links. So you know, like the links show up in like the weird like A one two three six M. Like I wrote all that stuff out like in blue and white letters. And by oh, the wow. time I started at the top of this piece, by the time I got to the bottom of the piece, the letters were about like three hundred percent taller than they were when they started. <laughs> but um, <laughs> like I, I really enjoyed how it looked afterwards. Like even beyond beyond whatever it said, and even though it's just in like you know a very standard typical handwriting like I, I i enjoyed the aesthetics of it it's 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 an interesting process and i think the idea so after making that piece like i thought about like okay uh sometimes for me personally some of my visuals don't necessarily tell the story uh the way that i would want it to be told which is fine which is the nature of art and the the viewer can be subjective and you know it can be you know about them um but I, I came up I, as thinking along those lines, I was like, you know, what if I like wrote a monologue and then just painted it, like just wrote it out like as a painting, like what you sort of I like the idea of being able to cross the boundaries of what's supposed to be fine art and then what's supposed to be literature or, you know, uh, let's say like a play or, you know, like a script or something like can you actually put words into these structures and, you know, share uh, an experience or like an opinion or what you, how you feel about something in a way that's much more direct in, in that medium? Or is it sort of maybe it would go over people's heads and it wouldn't like work out? Like people want to just see pictures. Like nobody wants to go to an art gallery and read probably. Right. Yeah. But I think, I think um, you could actually do both because it's kind of crazy because I've written um, quotes and stuff down in some of my paintings, right? Thinking like people aren't actually going to read this, you know? Yeah. Or can they read it? Yeah. And um, then, you know, I've had people approach me like, dude, I stared at that painting for three hours and tried to read it all. <laughs> you know, I'm like, whoa, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's good. Well, I mean, yeah, he, you, you write, you have such a like aesthetically pleasing hand style. I'm curious if you took just straight to like handwriting, like uh, like just your regular handwriting font, if, yeah. if mm-hmm. the impact would be as strong. So I know that for you personally, uh, or like as a viewer of your work, that the, the actual technical capabilities and uh, sort of the actual view of it becomes enough to pull somebody in enough mm-hmm. to be like, I want to read this and go through this and see what's going on. You know what I mean? But do you think that without that, it would have the same impact? Like just a regular handwriting? I, I don't think know. probably it's not, but maybe. Yeah, because it's it's kind of it's kind of uh um yeah, come to think of it, you know, everybody has different tastes. Sometimes I do simpler letters and they're like, Oh, this is it. I love this. You know uh-huh. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's just simple letters, you know? Yeah. But then then you do something crazy and then pe- people don't get it, you know? And so it, it varies, you know? But I think, I think, I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> and I, I'm trying to get to a point myself personally where I make whatever I want without, like, the concern of whether the viewer is going to get it or not. 
which I mean, yeah. is counterproductive from me making my normal imagery, like being concerned that the messages mm-hmm. like I, I definitely feel and I think that's sort of what my transition into trying to make films and doing some other things like to tell to be more of a storyteller as opposed mm-hmm. to like making singular images that maybe yeah. only tell like a very snippet small part of a story. I don't know. That's something personally for me. And I think the idea of using words allows a, a transition there somewhere, but it seems like they have to be aesthetically pleasing. I like, I've been wanting to make a painting that just says, um, this was never meant to be beautiful, but just in like, mm-hmm. like little kid handwriting, like maybe even mm-hmm. have like a little kid write it. Yeah. I mean, you never know. I mean, it's just like, you know, like Ed Ruscha, he does, uh, he does this simple text, and it might just say one one yeah, word. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking about. And, and one word though is a little bit more digestible than like a full monologue, though, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. But then, you know, yeah, I mean, but then again, too, but there's I mean, people that's a, like Barbara Kruger, who yeah, also Barbara like Kruger too, yeah. fill up a whole museum with at, I mean, at least sentences. Yeah, with sentences, or she does strong right. words too. Like yeah. she'll put like a big paranoid or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. She's, sometimes she's, those she... one words have a little bit more impact. Sometimes, which you kind of do that. Sometimes you'll highlight things in some of your works, or like I like when you'll do like a like a a, a larger piece in the middle with the smaller works around the outside, smaller lettering. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes highlight yeah, those things. Yeah, one thing about my work is a lot of it is layers, you know, it's it's definitely layers upon layers of uh text and then some of it's abstract and it's very random too. Mm-hmm. And I just found a canvas in my dumpster area. Too profound, you know, like some people think, Oh, this is all profound stuff, but I'll put like chili cheese fries in there or something, you know. <laughs> That's good. I'm gonna look for the funny ones now and then I'm gonna <laughs> screenshot them and then highlight the funny shit. Yeah, so I mean, I've done that in roll calls, and people are reading the roll call and be like, "I'll put all these crazy names, and then I'll put like chili cheese fries," and I'll be like, "What the heck?" <laughs> like something that breaks up the monotony, and, and you know, <laughs> like, and also, you know, it, it, you know, creates some contrast, you know, in terms of like, you know, you know, because I think lettering and script in in like Asian cultures, like say ancient chinese cultures it was a noble thing to know to be a calligrapher you yeah, know sure, sure and also in european cultures too like calligraph calligraphers were held in high esteem and, and I, like I, it signified education too like this person is is cultivated you know they went to some kind of school to study this you know and i think that's why i had that early appreciation of like the early gang graffiti like even if i saw some old english that wasn't done properly I knew from my own experience of trying to make those letters at home with the proper techniques and like books and like fucking the right pens and shit that it was still yeah. hard as fuck. So like it, it allowed me to be like, oh, they're trying, they're doing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you get a yeah when you I think when you actually try to do something, that's when you get an appreciation for it. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You got to have experience. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, um, what do you have coming up? Do you have anything that we can um? let the let the fans check out could we get uh maybe plug your website your instagrams yeah my instagram i have a facebook defer i don't know how to get how to get on there or whatever but i post stuff pretty pretty uh you know i think mostly i think 
what I've realized now, it's, this is a uh, culture of instant gratification, right? Uh-huh. So people like seeing Instagram because it's kind of like a constant feed, you know? Yeah. And, um, and you know, people, these iPhones and these smartphones own us nowadays. Yeah, it's so, so fucking crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's like, this is like a whole, I mean, you, you figure too, this is like within the last less than 10 years, right? Dude, it's so fast. I remember not having a cell phone not that long ago. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So and when I, mean, I did, it, how the technology from the flip phones to, yeah. to now, that's a, that was a quick jump. And you got to assume that the it's going to be exponentially faster from there. Yeah, and what's crazy too about um, like 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 you know before a camera was like a separate thing you carried around and uh-huh. you only took a camera with you if you were oh I'm going to my nephew's birthday party or something or you know but now <laughs> we got a, a video camera and everything all wrapped up in one in your pocket you know so that goes with you everywhere you go whether you're going to you know Starbucks you're going anywhere you know and you know it's uh, funny like to, to sort of wrap like to get back to the start is that i feel like that's one of the things that has been detrimental to uh the graffiti life in and of itself like the fact that everybody has phones and cameras and like turns into vigilantes when they think they see somebody doing something that's outside the normal uh ways that people live their life in regular society and uh surveillance cameras like somebody was asking me, like somebody was talking about, like what would kill graffiti, or like what's hurting this, or what's doing that, and that's why I think like modern technology has really put a damper on the kid being able to go out and uh, have an adventure without being caught on like six security cameras, photographed by like three fucking bystanders, and then have the cops like GPS there. <laughs> you know. <what> I mean? <laughs> Yeah, and that's a funny thing. Like I said, it's everything's opposite of what it used to be. Everybody wanted to be anonymous, but then now people want to have their cake and eat it too. You know, like <laughs> they want to they want to go bomb and then post what they did. It's just like a direct link, you know. And it's yeah. just like, um, yeah, it's the thing. Either you, I think you either stay off the grid and do what you do, or if you want both, you know, you take the risk. It's right? too difficult. Yeah, it's too yeah. difficult. Nice, but um. Well, hey, I want to uh, thank you again for for taking the time to to shoot the shit with me. I, we got to get a session in here soon. Uh, do you plan to be back in L- in LA anytime? Yeah, I'll let you know. I'll definitely text you and um, hey, no no leg locks though, bro. Foot locks oh, or whatever. Bro, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm even more vicious now. <laughs> oh man! All right, I gotta I gotta step my defense game defensive game up. I've been playing a mean quarter guard game too. It's fucking people up. I'm calling it eighth guard, which is like a funny okay. weed reference, but uh, yeah, because most people like it's weird. I was searching for quarter guard techniques on YouTube, and it all brings uh-huh. up like different, not actual quarter guard stuff. But some of the like tenth planet videos have it. But I'm I'm letting people pass half guard just to grab onto their foot with my legs. Okay, but I so I'm not gonna sweeps. try to. <laughs> yeah, don't no never knee slice against me. You'd be dead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you want to turn your um your camera back on? We'll do internet dap and yeah, sure. Call it a day. You feel good? We got an yeah, hour I feel in, good, man. Yeah, it went by fast, right? Pretty easy. No yeah, pain. it went by real fast. It's yeah. painless, man. Painless. Good. Yeah. All right, kind of glitching out a little bit. Yeah, we'll do internet dap and call it a day. Okay, man. Bam. Nice. 
All right, brother. So, hey, where can we send people for to go to your Instagram? Instant gratification. Um, What's the name? Defer underscore K2S. And that's D-E-F-E-R. Yeah, underscore K2S, yeah. All right, my friend. Hopefully, I will okay. see you sooner than later. Okay, man. See you soon, Mike. Thank, Thank you. you, brother. See ya. Okay. Yo, I don't hang out with those guys. Man, I ain't got nothing to do with those dudes. Man, and I saw your female with them, too. What's up with her? I've been hearing that she's been giving that stuff out to all them graffiti guys. Yo, shut the fuck up, Chico, man. Go paint three of those mules for some of that ass. Professor, what's another word for pirate treasure? Well, I think it's booty.